Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. And now, dear Father, even offend us with your word. Or God, stir our hearts, even as Satan tempted your son. Tempt us to goodness, O Lord. May your word take root in our hearts and lives. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jesus, right after his baptism, he was already down at the Jordan. So the Spirit told him to go into the wilderness. And there's plenty of harsh, dry, hot wilderness right there off the Jordan. He could have gone straight west. It's about 12 miles from there to Jerusalem, and it's awful. Could have gone south and goes down to the Dead Sea, which is 1,200 feet below sea level, one of the most God-forsaken places on the planet. Any number of places he could have gone, but he went into the wilderness to be tested. In other words, baptism was not in and of itself anything. Baptism was a way of our Lord making a positive statement about not only who he was, but who God is in relationship to him. But he himself needed to be tested. He needed to have his identity go through a hard time. So he went to the desert, 40 days and 40 nights, sort of like Jesus went to the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, like the people of God for 40 years were wandering in the wilderness. And there he endured temptation from the devil himself, like Adam and Eve in the garden. So there, is a, there are these, these instances of the past that are critical instances of the reality of human sin and human failure. And the question is, how will Jesus do? Will he stand up to the temptation? Hear the word of God as it comes to us from the book of Matthew. And Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Jesus told him, No. The scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, "If, if you are the son of God, jump off, for the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, scriptures also say, You must not not test the Lord your God. 
Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the nations of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And the devil went away. And angels came and took care of Jesus. The devil. Diabolos. The divider. Satan. The accuser. Beelzebub. Lord of the flies. These names given to this harsh reality that that we somehow think that we may encounter, but we, we, we don't really know. But there are times when we encounter something that we think is really evil. And after the Holocaust, during World War II, I believe the theological world did a, a great disservice with respect to our understanding of the nature of evil by referring to systemic evil and the systems that give rise to evil. So yes, Nazi Germany was a systemically evil place, but but that has morphed into a sense that somehow we are not really fully responsible. We're part of a larger system. We're simply subject and victims of systemic evil. And excused from responsibility then we can individually, personally do pretty much whatever we want because it's not our fault. Well, Jesus was alone, alone in the wilderness. And we don't know how, but the devil came to him. The devil came to him to see if he could undo the Lord as he had undone Adam and Eve as in so many ways he had undone the people during the wilderness wandering. Could he undo this one? So he says, if you are the son of God, and actually another reasonable translation of that is, since you are the son of God, since you're God's son. It's been 40 days and 40 nights. You must be hungry. You know, the devil comes as an angel of light. I doubt that he said, take these stones and turn them into bread. I think the devil came and said, oh, Jesus, what about your needs? You need to take care of you. You need to make sure that you're okay. Look, those stones, they look They look like loaves of bread like your mom used to make. Turn them into bread. Serve yourself. Attend to your needs. And make sure that you're okay. Turn those stones into bread. You know, I mentioned this gentleman, this, not a gentleman, he's a guy, Andrew Tate. 
And I had no idea who this guy was, except I heard some young people talking about him. And just this week, he showed up in an article in one of the theological journals that I read. It turns out, talk about toxic masculinity. He looks at women as mere things. And he uses, abuses, and he's now in jail without bond in Bulgaria because of rape. And yet this article was arguing that he is symptomatic of our time. And that is turning a human being into a thing. Looking at another human being for the sake of his own desires, needs, whatever. And somehow justifying some of the most egregious behavior of one person toward another because he wanted to, because he had that desire. What about your needs, Jesus? Jesus knows temptations as we do. He's experienced it beyond anything we ever could. Let's face it. If once tempted, we cave, well, that temptation was not that bad because <laughs> we gave in immediately. C.S. Lewis says this. That is why bad people, in one sense, know very little about badness. They have lived a sheltered life by always giving in. We never find out the strength of the evil impulse inside until we fight it. And Christ, because he was the only man who never yielded to temptation, is also the only man who knows, the full, knows to the full what temptation means. The only complete realist. So Jesus bore the, the horrific temptations of the, the devil himself and didn't cave. And so on it came, on it came. So this, this first temptation about turning stones to bread, turning something that is what it is into something that it is not, turning a human being into a thing of need or the thing of fulfillment of one's own personal desires, turning a human being into a means to an end. This way, I can get what I want, whether it's money or power or whatever it may be. It's the, the abuse of another human being created in the image and likeness of God. And Jesus refused. Wouldn't do it. So the devil tries something else. Now they go down to the temple, and there's one portion of the temple, the southeast corner, overlooks the Kidron Valley, and there's a drop of about 450 feet. And there was, an, there was a rabbinic tradition that when the Messiah came, he would present himself on that pinnacle of the temple. And then Satan is abusing the scriptures and saying that, that he, won't even, he won't even hurt his toe, stub his toe on the rocks down below, because the angels will come and lift him up. <laughs> 
So he'll be immune. So he says, jump off. And everyone's going to see, since you are the son of God, they're going to just see how much the son of God you are. Just think about how, if you do this, how this will enhance your resume. Just think about how good everyone's going to think you are. And you can point back and say, I jumped off the pinnacle of the temple and here I am. I wasn't even hurt 450 feet. Not that we know anything about anyone ever enhancing their personal resumes. But instead, Jesus says no. Jesus doesn't want to be seen as somebody who's doing something on his own behalf to further himself, to live, even though if he did so, it would be the truth, it would be perceived as a lie and he would be in a place where he would be stuck to try to explain how this ever happened. So Jesus, rather than doing something that might enhance his reputation and and build his image before others, says no. And then Satan takes him to a high mountain. And from there... They can see all over the world, all the kingdoms of the world. They look to the west, and they can look over the horizon into the Andes, and they see the Inca. They look to the east, and they can see China and Japan and Indonesia. They look to the north, and they can see Russia. To the south, and they can see Africa. Satan says, it's all yours. You can be king of the world. I give it all to you. All this power, all this wealth, everything. Since you're son of God, you're also fully human. And certainly that's got to sound and look really good to you. All you got to do is bow down to me. Jesus later said to his disciples, what good is it if we gain the whole world and lose our souls? What good? We we tend to live that, each of these, to some degree. We tend to look at others sometimes with, as a means to an end, rather than an end in itself because we have what we want, whatever it may be. We have a tendency to enhance our backgrounds. One of the things that I joke about here in Naples is that uh, um, several years ago I said, if anything cures me of ever wanting to retire, it's living in Naples, Florida. The career inflation that goes on, the enhancement of one's careers after it's all over with. Somebody who was Basically, a good, faithful worker in the company, next thing you know, he's vice president and then maybe a CEO. And to some extent, we enhance, we elaborate. And to what extent do we want the world? 
want what it gives. And, and these, are, these are temptations that, af- that afflict all of us. And I love in Hebrews where we're reminded by the author of Hebrews that he was in all ways tempted, even as we are, and yet did not sin. Which means he knows the full blast of the dragon's breath and did not cave. That's integrity. That's character. That's all the stuff that we we know to be right and good. And that's the that's the example that Jesus gave to us, and yet at the same time he had to endure because his sinless life was that which made his atoning death possible. Yes, he's 100% human. He knows it as we do. He felt it as we do. But he did not sin. And therefore, he was the spotless lamb of God that God then presented to the entire race, past, present, and future, that all who put their trust in him would know the joys, what it means to be forgiven, to have that stuff put away, put behind us, so that we know what it is to be free as God intended us to be. This is so fundamental, it's so basic. And it's the kind of thing that we could learn in Sunday school. Many of us did. When I was looking for a video for this morning, I came across some of these children's lessons talking about the temptation of Jesus. This is nothing that we cannot grasp. We certainly do. But if we know that he's gone before us, the Apostle Paul there says, there is no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. And he will in all ways give you a way of escape when you face these things. So we live in a, in a time that's morally chaotic and in a time that somehow excuses all kinds of things. Well, everyone's doing it. And all I can say is that the, the call of God is that, that we would not. We would not do things as they do. But that we would stand against that kind of a flow. Be men and women of character and that we would simply find ways in our own hearts and lives. Because when we fail, we can be forgiven. When we fail, we can turn our back on it. When we fail, we know that we can be free. Augustine said, there are no saints without a past and no sinners without a future. Will you join me in prayer? And so, dear Lord, 
Thank you that you have borne our past upon yourself. And you have opened up to us a future that we could never anticipate. We praise you and thank you and ask that this devil that we encounter in so many ways might be beaten in our lives. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.